In your Bibles, if you will, to the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 24. And I just want to say thank you again. For 27 years, I've been the envy of my pastor friends because I get to pastor and share life with you. And I just, um, you haven't ran me off yet. I've crossed over now. You know, it's like you've been married after 25 years. You just feel sorry for them. You can't leave them. You can't, you know, get rid of them. So if Jesus tarries, I just want to be the old guy on the front row that just nods at everybody and says, how did this church start? He's over there. Oh, the old guy. Just have my hearing aid all the way down so I can't hear nobody. Just smile. Matthew chapter 24, if you're there, say amen. Oh, I'm sorry, if you will, while you're standing. We always have needs throughout the church, always. But I want us just to take a moment and pray for Tommy Grantham. He had fell a couple of weeks ago, and they found out progressively he got worse. That he had a brain bleed. And, but he's doing okay. He's better today. But can we just, I just want to pray for them. So, Father, I just pray for Tommy this morning. Um, as core as anybody is in this church, Mr. Tommy and his classes, we identify ourselves with that goodness and that kindness. And we lift him before you today, O oh Lord. You're the healer of our life. And I just thank you that you are ministering to him and causing this bleed to dissipate and leave his body and raise him up again like you have so many times before. And I thank you in advance for it, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Matthew 24, beginning with verse 37. So, Elisha, every toy we play with, Daddy gives it away. Okay. That's horrible, isn't it? Just, it works. Matthew 24, 37. But as the days of Noah were, so, also, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. For as in the days that were before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage until the day that Noah entered the ark and knew not until the flood came and took them all away. Everyone that wasn't in the ark was destroyed. So also shall the coming of the Son of Man be. Two shall be in the field and the one shall be taken and the other left. Two will be grinding at the mill, the one shall be taken and the other left. Watch therefore, for you know not what hour your Lord cometh. It is not a perfect parallel, but it is, a, it is an accurate type for Jesus to say, as the days of Noah, so also shall the days uh, before the return of the Lord, the return of the Lord for his church, and then the return of the Lord to the Mount of Olives, uh, coming to fight the battle of Armageddon before the great tribulation. My motive for this message is to remind and or convince you that we are the terminal generation before the return of Jesus Christ. Yes, other generations thought they were, but we are. And if you had nothing else but the parallel from the days of Noah to us today, you'll know that the day of the Lord, which includes the Lord coming for his church and then the Lord coming back with his church. May this message bring that to light and bring great clarity for us. Father, I thank you for today, and I'm humbled by the continuous love of this, your people, and our church family. But I pray now, Lord, that you would bypass all of my emotions and the scatteredness of my mind uh, with so many things going on this morning, beautiful things. But it's my responsibility now to preach, and I just pray 
for a clarity of thought and an unction from heaven that would allow me to bring to light scriptures that we might not have seen before and confirm the ones we believe. And I believe this for uh, today, Lord, in Christ's name. Amen. You may be seated. Noah's generation, the generation of judgment, the generation where God destroyed the world. We are pressed in by social media today and by television that Jesus, you know, what would Jesus do? Well, there was a time where he destroyed the world. Every living creature. Every grandparent outside of the ark. Every disabled person outside of the ark. Children outside of the ark. There's a judgment side of God. A wrath side that fits the types that we need to understand that yes, God is able to save to the uttermost anyone that calls on his name, but he's not hesitant in judgment. And for him to tell us before the return of the Lord, again, for his church and then with his church, the day of the Lord in the Old Testament, let me give you this briefly. Anytime you heard the day of the Lord, it was always a day of wrath, a day of judgment, a, a, a day of a wailing and, and weeping and, and no mercy in the day of the Lord. And they'll, they'll mention that there was no mention of the rapture in the Old Testament. There was no mention of Jesus coming for the church in the Gospels. Jesus never mentioned it because it was a mystery. Until Jesus, the resurrected Christ, explained it to Paul when he said, Beloved, I show you a mystery. The Lord just revealed to me. We're not all going to sleep, but we're going to be changed in the moment in the twinkling of an eye. Before that mystery was revealed, we did not know that the day of the Lord encompassed two things. We did not know it was the, 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 the rapture and the revelation. All of the tribulation, the great tribulation, the, the wrath of man, the wrath of Antichrist, and the wrath of God, all of that is in the day of the Lord. But the rapture is in the day of the Lord in the very beginning as well. But as we look today to make sure, like, you know, we're not, we're not looking for the Antichrist, the man of sin, the geopolitical figure, the man of lawlessness. We're not looking for him, but in the end times, he's going to be a pivotal player. And what you need to understand is when you turn on the television and you're watching the news, we're, we're, we're not trying to piece everything together to pin down an hour. We're trying to determine where the train tracks are. Because if the train tracks are being built, that will tell you that a train is coming. And if the tracks are being laid for lawlessness, if the tracks are being laid for chaos, if the tracks are being laid for the man of sin to come in and confirm a covenant with Israel, and all of these prophecies, when, when all of these things are coming into place, it lets you know that the train, the day of the Lord, is at hand. And tonight, to, today I want to narrow down just about the days of Noah. There's more signs than this, but I want to look at those days and compare them to our days, if you will. They were perilous days. We say we're living in the worst of days. No, they're similar to other periods of time, uh, but there is an exponential demonic dynamic, which I'll get to in just a moment. But let me tell you about Noah's day. 
If you look at those in our government, yeah, I said it, those in our government, those that are in charge of the global entities of business and commerce and uh, media, those that are in charge of many of our pharmaceutical firms and, and such, when you, when you see their agenda, when you hear their words and you see their actions, when we can murder 40, 50 million babies and call it parenthood, when you see that evil, I don't care how you dress it up and slice it, it's evil personified. In Noah's day, people lived to be six and 700 years old. 800 years old, 900 years old. So an evil person had 700 years or 800 years to, to uh, sharpen their craft. That's what this world, that world was like. Evil, unbridled, compounded, uh, concentrated to where a, a thief could practice his craft of thievery for 700 years, 800 years. It was perilous times. Evil, do you ever catch yourself saying this? Is it, I, I can't even talk about what they're doing. I, I, I can't even hardly imagine it. Well, that's what was in Noah's day. Compounded, concentrated. They did not have the airwaves to spread it. But that same perilous, godless nature was there. And I want to go to godless days. The days of Noah were godless days. The removal of God... Noah's generation deleted God from the human mind, erasing him from the collective conscience and culture. One ancient writer says, when God does not exist, anything is possible. And that's what we're having today. Our culture is canceling every part of the person of God, the reality of the church, the power of the Holy Spirit, the authority of the scriptures. They just blot him out as if he weren't there. Godless days, a refusal to listen. So here's Noah, and I'll refer back to different pieces coming and going through this message, but building this ark for 120 years, and they just refused to listen, refused to see the signs. It, that, that attitude that was present then is present now. Refusal, a refusal to look at the signs that are so clearly prophesied in the Word of God. Can a nation be born in a day? Can Israel be brought back? Can these dry bones live? And in, 19, in the 1940s, Israel became a nation overnight. And they ignored these signs, these signals as if they weren't there. Jesus said, this generation, whatever that means. Is it the last person born in that generation? The last person connected to that when Israel was reborn again? That generation's not going to pass away till all things are fulfilled. But they just refused to listen. They put their hands over their ears. You see them standing in the streets, screaming demonically at people that would stand in front of an abortion mill and say, please don't kill the children. We'll take them. And there's such a hatred and vitriol. How dare you bring up anything to do with righteousness or purity or holiness? It is, it is this, it's hard to narrow it down. It's a, it's a, anti-God. Well, that in the days of Noah, here they are seeing the sign of this ark being built and it never stirred within them. It never sunk in. 
I'm preaching today to fewer people than I ever have in my life. I think, I, I hope, you know, there's no fool like an old fool, but I hope I know more today as I've studied and grown. But people won't listen. Christians that, have, well, professing Christians. It, as time passes, you're going to see the wheat and the tares start to turn. The true Christian's going to be one color, the golden, yellow, and the tear starts to turn brown. As, as the day approaches, you'll find professing Christians wilting and falling away. And one common dynamic of the one that falls away is they refuse to listen to God. Not me, but God. God's not the governing thought, the governing word. A refusal to examine oneself a refusal to humble oneself, a refusal to repent. Now I want to speak to our church. We do it some, but just math, it ought to be a lot more. There ought to be people that come to the altar all the time in this church, pastor included. We hear a word, a corrective word. Well, I'll pray later. No, there needs to be that, Lord, you spoke and we respond. That's me, God. I saw myself in the message today. I saw myself in the song today. I've drifted. Forgive me, oh God. But in Moah's day, they just walk, listen, walk right by that ark and it not move them. When I was growing up, you, you went to church. You just went to church. And today, and it's just, I'm not saying you, you know, you don't beat up the choir, whoever's here, but... A lot of people go if there's nothing else going on. It's, yeah, I ain't got nothing else going on. So, But if anything else comes up, God gets second, second choice. And we just have to make sure that if we're at the precipice of the return of Jesus Christ, we want our, our, our soul right, our priorities right, our words right, all in for him. These were evil days in Noah's days. The Bible said in Genesis 6, 5 that the imagination of man's heart was only evil continually. Corrupt men. No restraint. No restraint. Man wants to marry a man. No restraint. Woman wants to marry a woman. No restraint. It's coming. Mark it down that I'm telling you that pedophilia would be presented in a sympathetic way. And then it will be at least exposure to it. And then it will be semi-accepted. And then it'll be mar uh, normalized, accepted, then celebrated, and then protect. Watch and see. It's the there's no restraint. Don't don't think we can't get worse when you can murder a baby so that you're not inconvenienced. It, you can do anything. And Noah's day was one which they were known by. We marry. We're given in marriage. We build houses. We sell houses. We uh, do commerce. It was all just about their life. It's your life. It's your life. That's what it is today. It's your life. Y'all remember for that mantra for years, my body, my choice. And now that we don't hear that no more. Uh, totally separate story. But anyway. Evil. Unbridled, rebellious, immoral, idolatrous, brutal, cruel, without natural affection, corrupt society, corrupt worship, evil with no remorse. 
You know what's missing in the story of Noah? Now, it doesn't mean that it never happened, but it's not recorded. Where are the people that come and sit outside of the ark while it's being built and ask questions? Where's the interest? What are you doing? Tell me again what's coming. It falls in line with the scripture which says that there's none that seeketh after God. You know, a world that's coming apart at its seams ought to be gravitating towards people that are building something, preparing for something, looking for something that have a confidence that they can escape the impending. The world has a sense of an impending doom about it. There's a dark cloak over it. So there should be someone with an exit strategy here that draws and gravitates the people to them to express to them their hope for salvation. These were ignorant days. The people were ignorant of their guilt and position before God. Ignorant of the impending judgment. Judgment is at the door for this world. And whosoever's name was not found written in the Lamb's book of life was cast alive into a lake that burns with fire and their torment will ascend up forever and ever. That's the eternal judgment. The impending judgment of the great tribulation for those who do not go in the rapture uh, with Christ. These days will be so horrible, the Bible said, that unless God shortened the days, no human would survive. And even in my telling this, some of us don't understand the gravity or, or, or appreciate the gravity of that being right at the door. Ignorant of impending judgment. Ignorant does not mean you're not smart. It means you're ignorant of that thing. Every time they heard the hammer hit the nail, that was a warning sign that judgment was coming. And judgment's coming to this world. And it's going to begin at the house of God. And if the righteous are scarcely saved, then where do the ungodly fall? Ignorant of the time given them to consider God's warnings. Over a hundred years in building the ark, our nation now has just a few, our nation, just a few preachers of righteousness left. It's now just like, yeah, you've been telling us about that. Yes, yeah, right. Where's the sign of his coming? Where's the sign of judgment? Where's the tribulation? Where's the Antichrist? Coming. Coming. So it is on us recognizing this days, recognizing the days in which we live in and the certainty of that judgment coming. It is imperative pressing upon us to make sure that our ark is built, secure, and we are in close proximity in it, to it. At the first sound of rain, we would be saved. They're ignorant of the severity and finality of this judgment. Ignorant of the righteous among them. Noah being a living testimony unto the truth. I know that all of us are flawed. Those that are conservatives, we're flawed. Those on the right are flawed. Those on the left. But in our lifetime, I'm just going to speak to those of you that are 50 and older. Have you ever seen anything like anyone that professes? If they, if they are God-fearing or Protestant or conservative uh, or right, well, you'd say right-wing, whatever, the media swarms and hates and gnashes at them with their teeth. There's a, 
just like when Judge Kavanaugh, and I, I don't know him. I don't know him, uh, the condition of his heart. I know his platform, his stance. You would have, we treat rapists and murderers better than this. What's, what's the source of that? It's the hatred of anything that resembles God. Anything that looks like, it, it takes his name or sounds like. Now we can be around a, a, a street full of perverse people parading their sin. That's okay. But if you mention the name of God, and I know this is kind of a heavy message, but you, you, need, you need to understand this. You need to look at our days and look at Noah's days and say they're just the same. Perilous, godless, ignorant of the finality of God's judgment, ignorant of the righteous people, uh, despising of those that are among us, ignorant of the timetable. Some of you may know this, but when Methuselah, who happened to be the man that lived the longest and recorded biblical history, 969 years, when he was born, his name was prophetic. Methuselah means at the end of his life, judgment comes. And here's how merciful God is. The man that lived the longest of anybody in the history of the world was how slow God was to destroy the world. And we have signs now about Israel, I told you, the fig tree blossoming. When you see these signs, lift up your head. You know, your redemption comes nigh. And of course, that contextually is talking about in the tribulation period. But the precursor of that now, signs all around us, knowledge would increase. Can I just give you one? Guys, I'm 59 years old. I went to Central High School, got my education at Central Graduated in the bottom half of the class. It wasn't teacher's fault. It was mine. Uh, they would not let you take typing until your senior year. God is my witness. You know, you just can't put a machine like that in the hand of children. You got to, it's a typewriter. It's, it's got to be 16, 17. And you sit in there and you, A, S, D, F, J, K, L, semi, you know. And I'm doing my it, piggly wiggly, do the numbers. You had to, you know, I, had, I, was, I was skilled, baby. But the senior year and take my typing and got up to 30 words a minute and 40 words a minute. My children at three on my iPad, you logged on, daddy. <laughs> Texting faster than I can talk. That's, first of all, if you ever text me, don't. I text with one finger. I just, if I'm in the car, you killed me. Just call me. Pastor John, all this long text, I can't, I can't even read that driving, much less type back. Anyway, the knowledge that increased and the computer first come out, you know, I had a 386 SX. Does anybody ever remember? You know what I'm talking about. 386 SX, screamer. Now, your phone is thousands of times more powerful than the computer we used to put the first ship on the moon. First rocket ship. The Bible says that in the last day, Daniel, seal up these truths until knowledge is going to increase. People are going to go to and fro. We can travel around the world at subsonic speeds and we can project. Don't, don't even try to explain to me how I can look at my phone and you look at your phone and be on the other side of the world and see pictures of each other. 
Oh, and they say, so here's what the world will say. Oh, yeah, so that just means the whole world's going to end. No, it means that these signs are being fulfilled. These signs, in the same way they had Noah's a sign, we have these signs. God has allowed you the knowledge of these things, so when you see it on the news, I wish I had time. Ezekiel 38 and 39 speaks of uh, the battle of Gog and Magog. Now, I'm not saying this is it, but it could very well be it. There is a battle that takes place. I'm not certain that the believers will be here. We might be, uh, but it's going to happen right at the beginning, right before the tribulation period. When there's specific nations mentioned, and I won't go through them all, Russia being one of them, Syria, and there's five or six listed in Ezekiel 38 and 39. They are all right now, right now at the border of Israel. They have never been aligned together in the history of the world. Never. That's why the news, why isn't that on the news every day? Instead of what color Kardashian wore to some out of, why? Because we're not going to give you anything pertinent or necessary or needful or important. But so-and-so ate chili yesterday, spotted it a wild wing. You're like, what in the world? And what's going to happen at the Battle of Gog and Magog is no nation's going to come to Israel's help when they invade. No nation is going to come, including the U.S. We might be sympathetic, but we don't come. Imagine today with all of the telephones that people have that can record, and the Bible said, and God himself is going to defend Israel. And he is going to rain fire and brimstone and hail from heaven. And there are going to be so many dead opponents of Israel that it will take them seven years to bury them. So can you imagine a reporter that doesn't know Jesus from TJ Maxx? He doesn't know. He just, you know, he's just doing his job and he's interviewing these people. He says, so what happened to Allah? Allah didn't seem to help you all too much. What, what happened here? Israel didn't even get off the ground with their defense. No Iron Dome. It's on film that God himself fought for them. Could it be that all these nations that hate Israel, despise, live for their destruction, why would they want to sign and confirm a covenant with Israel? Well, if you just wiped out several million people with hail from heaven and say, yeah, where are we sign with y'all? We don't want no trouble with none of y'all. How do we? You don't know. Those are signs. It's not a, it's not a matter when you, when you study the news and study the Bible, you're not trying to nail down an ironclad system. You're trying to stir within yourself, we're close. We're close. The return of the Lord is close. The days of Noah, so shall it be with the son, days of the Son of Man. They were carefree days. Buying and selling, marrying, no awareness of their position before God and where they were on His timetable. And there were days of separation. This is Luke 17. Likewise, also as it was in the days of Lot, they did eat, drank, bought, sold, they planted, and they builded. But the same day that Lot went out of Sodom, the same day that Lot went out of Sodom, it rained fire and brimstone from heaven and destroyed them all. Even thus shall it be in the day when the Son of Man is revealed. Lot had to get out before God's wrath fell. This is why your pastor is 
not embarrassed at all, unashamed of the doctrine of Jesus Christ coming for, for his church. First of all, it's very biblical. It's, that's the first thing. Secondly is his wrath, wrath does not fall on the church. We will experience persecution. We will experience tribulation, but not wrath. We were not appointed unto wrath. We're not appointed unto wrath. Christ is bypassed us, and Lot has to be taken out of Sodom and Gomorrah before Sodom and Gomorrah can be destroyed. Noah's revelation made him responsible. He heard the word of the Lord. He had to believe what God had said and all that God had spoken. He had to obey specifically and work expertly till the end. As it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be in the days of the Son of Man. You who are people of righteousness, you have to stand up. You have to publicly work out your salvation in fear and trembling. Build your ark in front of people. Be, a, be someone that speaks up against wickedness and stands up for righteousness to this untoward generation. Noah's revelation left no room for any other hope or means of salvation. Brooke, if you'd come, please. It wasn't the ark and or a different kind of boat and or a conglomeration of boats. No other help. Watch, if you will, if Jesus tarries. There's already several global uh, affiliations coming together for one faith. One faith, one faith, Chrislam, if you will, one faith, one faith. Noah said, I don't need any of your help building ark. God gave me a pattern. God gave me specific dimensions, specific directions, the type of wood to use, the space. And notice that that ark was filled with everything he would need for the next life. You follow that? The Bible doesn't record this, but I just wonder just with the, the, just by the numbers of people, you think somebody else started building a boat? There had to, there had to be. Does anybody else think like that? Somebody up the street said, well, "I'm building me one. I don't know about this ocean liner, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna build me something." No other ark worked. Noah's was not a mutual effort of all the opinions of what do you think do you think this is a good ark what do you because should should i add some of your heritage your history what do you think according to the plan according to the dimensions that god gave one of the things that's very interesting in the putting together of the ark you'll find it in the old testament feel free to go look it up when you get home it said that uh God told Noah to pitch it within and without with pitch, which was a, a tar-like substance between all the boards. Pitch it, sling it up, smear it in, let it harden to seal it, to make it watertight. Pitch it within and without with pitch. That Hebrew word for pitch is also translated atonement. What Christ does for the believer keeps the ark safe. The wrath of God on the outside Lot had to be taken away Noah had to survive some commentators some I, I don't know it could be a shadow that Lot was a type of the believer being taken out Noah is a type of the Jew that is kept through 
But in the end, it's not for us. Most of prophecy comes together after it happens. And you go, oh, this was that which was spoken of by the prophet Joel. Oh, he would pour out his spirit upon it. Okay, now I see. So the message of studying prophecy and seeing these things is just to know we're close. So that we're not confused and we're not distracted. Preparing to leave. Preparing to survive. No other ships. No other influences. And it was God that shut them in. You don't secure. Quay, we don't secure our salvation. It's God that shuts the door. It's God that seals us. We work out according to the plan he gave us. But it's God that does these things. And it was by Noah's obedience and trust in God's plan that it was sufficient to save and sustain his family. And this deliverance was on time and on, a, and in, on schedule. It was proven. Great judgment is coming. When Christ comes to the earth after the church is taken away and his feet touches the Mount of Olives and splits in half, God himself draws the people from all over uh, the world, 200 million strong at the Battle of Armageddon and the Valley of Megiddo. It's going to happen. It's going to happen just like he prophesied Christ to be born, just like he prophesied the earth to be destroyed. And they all come and Christ with the brightness of his glory and with the words of his mouth, with truth, slaughters 200 million strong and blood, human blood is going to flow bridle high of a horse for hundreds of miles. These days are coming. And when Christ conquers the earth and conquers the world, separates the sheep nations from the goat nations. Then he brings in a millennial reign of a thousand years where he is king over the earth. And angels will fly through the heavenlies, ruling with a rod of iron. And it'll be a season of great peace. The lion and the wolf laying down together. A child will live to be a hundred years old. The curse of the earth will be removed. We are scheduled for, for salvation. The world is scheduled for judgment and Christ is scheduled for ruling and reigning. So what is my responsibility, pastor, as I close here? Hear God's word and obey it. Stand up, stand out, speak up, prepare your ark. Make sure your ark is pitched within and without with pitch Christ only, Christ only. Remain faithful over the years to build when you're tired, to build when you're the minority, to build when you doubt, to build when you're weak, making sure, Kelly, are we good? Are we good? Is our house good? Are we good? Are we good? Are we good? Are we we ready? So that that day does not catch us unawares. For the Christian, it's kind of like when the the water started to fall. You know Noah believed. For you to build an ark for 120 years, you believed. But when it started to rain, he goes, it really is. It hadn't rained before. 
Nobody had boat sails on the corners. You know, nobody built boats. When it started to rain, there was a validation. Listen, listen with your soul. There was a validation of his life that it wasn't wasted. And when Christ comes for us and we see him face to face, we see the judgment upon the world. We see Christ ruling and reigning. We realized we did not waste our lives. Finally, as in the days of Noah, Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. And there are people finding grace today. Living in grace, people of grace. Don't worry about the rain. Don't, don't worry about the, ju- the, for the believer. Don't worry about the judgment. Don't worry about the confusion. Don't worry about all of the mandates that are coming down. Don't worry about any of that. Just make sure your ark is built. And when all hell breaks loose, you just take your wife, your husband, your babies, you walk up in the ark and listen for that hinge to shut. And when God shuts you in, you are saved. Saved. Pastor John, before we go home, do you really, do you, are you just preaching? Is this something you learned in seminary? Didn't go to seminary. Is this something, do you really believe that Jesus is coming for the church. I'm shocked it hasn't happened already. I'm packed, mama packed up, prayed up, ready to go up, ready. Don't be discouraged by the evil and peril nature of the world around you. It has to be so at the coming of the Son of Man. So John summarized it in one sentence for what, what do you mean? All this just proves to me that it's happening just like God said. So if the evil is happening like God said, and the godlessness is happening like God said, and the refusal to listen is happening like God said, then the salvation is going to happen like God said. Amen? Y'all stand with me if you will. Amen. Hey, Jay, will you come pray for us? Father, I thank you for our pastor. I thank you for his family today. We celebrate him. Uh, Father, we thank you for this tremendous word today. Lord, anchor it within our hearts and be with us as we, uh, Father, carry on through to the day of your return, Father. We thank you for this church. We thank you for uh, our pastor again. Lord, be with us in every way possible. Father, we thank you for the love and the fellowship that surrounds and is in this church. Father, be with us, protect us, guide us, and lead us in everything that we do. We thank you for this day, Father. We thank you for your son. And Father, we thank you for our Pastor John and his family. Amen.